Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and I am here with Pastor Skizik. And we get to look at the baptism of our Lord. It's truly the feast of the baptism of our Lord, and it is the first Sunday of Epiphany. And we get to talk about the bigness of what baptism is, especially when it comes to Christ. So we've just come out of the season of Christmas. I like to say Christmas tide because nobody else says it, but it's the celebration of the birth of Christ. Christ entering into our time, our space, our flesh. It is the word becoming flesh huge, miraculous thing has just taken place. And then on top of that, we celebrated Epiphany. That is the ending of Christmas and the beginning of the Epiphany season. And that's the revelation of who Jesus is as the Christ. True man, true God, here for our salvation, here for our great and wondrous gift of forever, the resurrection, so on and so forth. So he is revealed to us. And of course, this is uh, seen through the coming of the wise men, the magi, these heathens, these Gentiles coming from afar to recognize and worship the Son of God. And that's huge unto itself. Truly, the outside people of Israel have come to point out what Israel has been claiming to wait for, and they've missed it. And when I say they missed it, I mean, after all, Jesus was born in a barn. There's no pomp and circumstance, no big thing to announce it. In fact, even uh, Herod was trying to kill all the young uh, newborn males, the, the Feast of Holy Innocence, the first martyrs for Christ, he's not received, plain and simple. So again, this revelation, he is revealed, he is seen. And then on the day that we celebrate, the first Sunday of Epiphany, we celebrate the Feast of his baptism. Yet again, he is revealed. So Jesus goes, and it's, it's amazing. John the Baptist, this crazy guy in the wilderness, yelling at people, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, and repent and be baptized. And Jesus shows up. Now again, this camel-wearing, camel-clothed, bug-eating, honey-drinking yes. yes. preacher— points out, behold the Lamb of God who has come to take away your sins. And then Jesus is there and says, hey, John, hey, cousin, how you doing? It's good to see you. I like uh, what you've done with your hair. I need to be baptized. And it's great. John the baptized, fully knowing who stands before him, says, nope, nope, I should be baptized by you. 
And okay, so every time Jesus talks, and dear listener, I wish you could be in my brain because Jesus always has this nice smile. You know, it's the smile of, I know more than you, and I'll lead you into this. It's never a, um, uh, the mean smile where it's, um, oh, I know more than you, but it's the whole, I love you so much and I'm so excited. I have so much for you. But in this situation, I don't see Jesus smiling. Hmm. And it's not a mean stoic or anything. It is, this is the fulfillment of all that I've come to do. This is where it begins. This becomes the the beginning of my public ministry. And it's, again, in my mind's eye, it's almost as if Jesus is really taking all of this very serious. Not that he hasn't taken anything else serious, but this isn't just a, hey, let me bring you along. Let me show, let me reveal. It's, I have work to be done and it's coming through you. Let's get this going. And again, not in a mean, bad, forceful way. Because we hear Jesus say, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. That's a gauntlet being laid down upon John the Baptist. Mm. Basically, Jesus has looked at John the Baptist and said, dude, you're the voice in the wilderness crying out and making straight the paths for the way of me, baptize me to fulfill this prophecy. And I love this because, again, this is an absolute command, and yet it's the invitation. And when I'm, what I mean by that is Jesus has once again told John and everybody who and what he is and why he has come. And now he creates this situation for participation. Jesus' life Jesus' work, Jesus' fulfillment of the law is not dependent upon anybody but himself. And he opens himself for others to participate, see, and have this act. And we see John, he then consents, and he is baptized. You could almost, you could almost envision before that consent this argument between the two. No, no, I'm not going to do it. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. He consents. He does yeah. it. No questions. Yeah. And, and it, it's a humble Yes. It, it's, you know, John the Baptist doesn't cross his arms and say, make me baptize you. Exactly. It's, I know who you are. I know what you bring. And I want that. Baptize me in your grace, in your gifts. And, and again, to have that turned around, that's hard. That doesn't make sense. Mm. And to be frank, nothing God does makes sense. It's just, uh, it's the great exchange, the great reversal, all these things, uh, weakness, uh, strength and weakness, you know, all these things. And, and I really do like what you just said. He consents. It's not without, there's no doubt, and it's the realization, I'm going to do what you say. And that's hard. Because you can hear John the Baptist thinking, this is the Lamb of God. This is the promised Messiah. Who am I? Who I am mean, I? He's made the, the big statement, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. And he wants me to baptize him? Jesus, have you heard my preaching? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
you're the kingdom of God. You're at hand. What do you have to repent for? And I wonder if Jesus just let that hang, that uncomfortable silence. Okay, that was way too long. Yeah, way too long. And John consents and baptizes. And I love this. Immediately when he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. I love that. I love that. Oh, it's huge. Every 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 baptism I do, I just wait for the ceiling to open up. And it's just, it would be such a, a vision in my mind to see that happening. Every yeah. baptism. Mm-hmm. When I say in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the heavens open and God saying, you're my child. Well, it, it is happening. And yes. No, no, I, I agree with you. To, to visually see that yes. would just be huge. Huge. And terrifying. Terrifying, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, because that's what we do receive, mm-hmm. and um, we receive that in Christ. But, yeah, the Holy Spirit and the likeness of the dove rests on Jesus. And then, as if that was not, not enough. enough. Yeah. Yes, yes. The voice, the voice. of God. You this could, is you my beloved booming, son. You got to yes, yes. you gotta feel it. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. I, I love, uh, I think it's, um, maybe it's uh, St. Luke, but another gospel. Others heard this, but said it was thundering. Notice how far people will go to mm. deny the acts of God. I heard a voice. Nope, it was nope. just thunder. Nope, we, nope, we're not hearing voices. Right. But again, right there, you got Jesus being baptized, you got the Holy Spirit, and you got the voice of God the Father, the Holy Trinity at work for your salvation. Okay, so that's the event itself. Big, huge, lots of happening. So let's do some gorillas in the room. Okay. Jesus, pure, holy, innocent, without sin. He goes to be baptized. Only sinners are baptized. What's up with that? Yes. Why Why do we have the holy, innocent Jesus going into the waters of baptism? And especially with, with John. And I, I think this is just amazing. I had one person tell me that Jesus is the holy sponge. And with that, it, it's like any sponge. It soaks up filth, dirt, whatever you're scrubbing. And so when you, when I, when anybody enters into the waters of holy baptism, we are washed of the filth, the scum, the stink, the stench, any other filthy word you want to throw in on there, and including our death, Mm -hmm. is washed off of us. And we walk out of the waters pure and holy. Jesus walks into that filthy water, pure, holy, innocent, clean, and all that filth, all that stench, all that scum, all that sin, all that death Mm. is washed upon him. Yes. And he walks out of that water, making it clean for you, and takes it all the way to the cross. 
We um, did you know that we're only like um, what is it like seven weeks away from Ash Wednesday? Yes, I heard that this morning. Yeah, and, and so with that, uh, one of the things that I love here at Holy Cross, we have the the big cross that comes out for Lent, and you get to see that. It's a wonderful visual reminder. That cross has to be twelve feet tall. Absolutely, it's it's big. Yeah, it towers big. over me. Yes. And I love for catechesis and sermon illustrations, just visual aid, especially when we talk about baptism. The immensity of God's work on the cross fits in the baptismal font, for you are connected to his crucifixion just as you are connected to his resurrection. And that is just huge, exciting, because I'll, I'll get the, the kids, the, the catechumens around the, the baptismal font, and I'll ask them, how do we get the cross in here? And, and I, I love it because they really start thinking. I, I had one kid say that uh, you, you grind the, the wood of the cross into dust and it'll all fit in there. And it's like, no, we're, we're not doing that. But that, that that's the miracle of baptism, yes. what we're connected to, what we're given to. Because we need to remember that Jesus coming in the flesh, he really does carry every and each sin of each and every person. He is all of us in one. And he stands before the judgment seat and really looks at God and says, I have sinned. No, not those people. I have sinned. I deserve the death, the wrath. And that's what's taken away. And that's the gift of baptism because that is the promise, the assurance of God's work delivered. It's the same thing we hear in the words of holy absolution. It's the same thing that we're we're given in the Lord's Supper. It's the same thing that we're given in, in the work of the Holy Spirit in faith to cling to that sure and certain hope of what Scripture has revealed to us. And that's why it's exciting that it's epiphany, because it's all this revelation. It's all seeing God at work. And what's amazing, and I've always asked uh, the catechumens, the planet Earth, do you know what percentage of it is covered in water? It's like 73%. Huge. Do you know how much your body is made up of water? It's like 73%. There's a lot of water. A lot of water. So something as abundant as water, something as mundane as water, is used for this miraculous event of washing of your sins, washing of your death. And I like what you said, being claimed by God himself. The very name of God is placed upon you. And if you are claimed, that means you are claimed away from something. You're claimed away from sin. Sin has no hold on you. You're claimed from death. Death has no hold on you. Satan has no hold on you. This world has no hold on you. And you are firmly set in the book of life, in God's hands, or any other way you want to say that. And that's what we get in the the promise, the gift of our baptism, as it is revealed in and through Jesus' baptism, which again, is just huge, amazing, and almost, almost beyond understanding. And when I say almost, I I get what's happening. I I, I get uh, the the process and, and so on and so forth. What I don't get for me 
Yes. For you. Uh, Pastor Skizik and I were, were talking before the recording, and we were talking about, about St. Paul. We were talking about, you know, the idea of, of being chief of sinners and, you know, all these things. And the realization that when, when you're—I don't know if you're anything like me, but when you're alone, you, for some reason, think of all the bad things you've done. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Yes. Why didn't I help? Why, you know, and you, you beat up on yourself. And every once in a while, and it's usually when I, I go to my kind of father confessor and, and I hear the forgiveness of sins for me and the rejoicing and, and truly feeling the weight of my sins removed. But it's not long when I get in the car and, God, have you have you met me? Mm. Is that forgiveness really for me? Because if you knew what I knew, you wouldn't be so— happy, ready to say, your sins are forgiven. Can, can't you give me some penance? Can't you, can't you help me earn this? Make me feel good about your love. But yet, just like John the Baptist, we need to consent, which means it is that understanding. No questions asked. Yeah. God's forgiveness is gifts. Yes. And that's hard. And it's not this whole acceptance, I, I accept Jesus as my, my personal Lord and Savior. I come to him. I make this decision. It's that reality. Jesus has come to you. Live in that reality. Participate in that reality. Believe in that reality. Because that is the very work that he has given to you to do. Believe and live. Believe and have. And... That is such a simple statement, but simple does not mean easy. Because if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, and we wouldn't have the situations that we have now. But that's laid out before us. This is why we rejoice. This is why we're excited. And this is why we celebrate the baptism of our Lord, because this is him revealing the depths of his love. This is more than just the, the beginning of his public ministry. This is him bringing us into him so that we may know all the fullness of his righteousness, all the fullness of his love, all the fullness of his work. So we do rejoice in the feast. Of and we receive all of those gifts. I was just sitting here thinking uh, the baptismal font for us is almost like the manger was for Jesus. Mm -hmm. All the gifts that were brought to him when he was there at the baptismal font, all of these gifts are brought upon us. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know why I thought about that, but it just it was interesting, I thought. Oh, absolutely. And with that, um, the idea that the name of God is given, mm -hmm. and uh, I always like to bring this to the, the second commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And again, this is the whole humbling and, um, well, frankly, it's the beating up of, of self. God has placed his name upon my flesh. What do I do with my flesh? Where do I take it? I don't take it to the, the great places and show forth my, my baptismal nature. I, I don't live the, out the law, the promise. I live a very selfish life. Yes, and thanks be to God that he has placed my placed his, his name, name upon me and has redeemed me from my selfish works, my selfish desires. And, and it's such a humbling reminder that I am his. 
and, and to struggle with that. Uh, and I think that struggle is really good because if we weren't struggling, I, I think that'd be bad. Because if we're not struggling, then we're we're missing what has been given mm-hmm. to us or the depths of what's been given to us. And those are hard things yeah. because look what this baptism brings Jesus. It doesn't bring him glory. It will in the end. Uh, Jesus on the cross, uh, glorify your name. I have and I will. But where, where does he go? Immediately after his baptism, he goes out into the wilderness, led by the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit to be tempted, tempted to suffer all the things you and I suffer in on this side of heaven. Jesus is baptized into our death so that he will defeat it, so that he will conquer it. Your sins have no power over him. That's why I like what you said earlier, that he was like that holy sponge, mm-hmm. that he takes all of our dirt while he is in that water. All of our sin is upon him, and he walks out with all of that. He goes to be tempted with all of that still on mm-hmm. him. And I I just really liked that, what you said earlier. I, yeah, and, and the immensity of that. It is truly God at work for you. Yes, because if we went into these waters, we would not come back up. And I, I love the imagery that uh, St. Paul points out, and it's the whole idea that um, we have died with Christ. We are buried with Christ mm-hmm. in our baptismal waters. But what happens? He doesn't leave us under the water. He pulls <laughs> us out, and yeah. we are a new creation. We are a new creature. We are the new Adam in the new Adam, Jesus Christ. Yes. So let us rejoice. Let us go forth in this epiphany season as we prepare for the coming Lent when we get to see the fullness of Christ on display on the cross for our salvation and life. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable. And of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.